Welcome to Try, Try Again with Catherine Velez, a podcast dedicated to relationships, the one with yourself and others. I'm going to spend the next several weeks talking about marriage, exclusive, committed relationships. I attended a funeral in San Francisco this weekend and ended up spending an hour or so talking with a woman I had never met before. She was 81 years old, and we talked about her life. She said in college she had to declare a major. She believed and was told by her husband, as a woman, she had three choices, secretary, teacher, or nurse. Because she had not identified a passion for anything else, and because her husband and society told her she had limited choices, she picked teaching and proceeded to teach for more than 50 years, even though she said, teaching would have been great except for the children. I never liked children. I thought about this woman who spent her life in a job she regretted. This was the power many men had over their wives not so long ago. It is the power some spouses in some marriages still wield. It's an example of why making the choice of who you will marry might be the single most important decision you make in your life. About 90% of Americans eventually, at some point in their lives, marry. And that doesn't mean they stay married, and it doesn't mean they're happily married. So let's forget a moment the who you will marry or who you have married. And think for a moment about why people get married. These reasons are based on a lot of factors. Health, spouses have fewer hospital admissions and are sick less frequently. Longevity, because spouses typically live longer. Happiness and sexual satisfaction are usually reported higher by spouses. Money, spouses usually have more economic resources, lower expenses. Drug use, crime rates, those kinds of things are generally lower with married couples. Children, there are lower rates of high school dropouts and teen pregnancies and poverty with married couples. History, there's a shared history, and spouses are less likely to report loneliness. So these are all sensible, rational reasons to get married. However, the number one reason that people get married is not included in this list. Now, of course, people get married for a lot of different reasons, but the number one reason people get married, they will report is love. Clearly a most emotional, unpredictable reason to marry and one fraught with cloudy perceptions and cognitive biases based on the chemical changes in the brains when we are in love. We don't see our potential spouses as they are necessarily. We see them as we are and as we want them to be or because we think they'll change after marriage. I can't tell you how many times I've sat with couples where one of the spouses is no longer in love and wants to exit the marriage and the other spouse is desperately hanging on. When I ask why they would want to stay with someone who no longer loves them or wants them, the answer is invariably, because I love them. Where marriage is concerned, the Beatles were incorrect. Love is not all you need. I would encourage you to think about these questions. If you're married right now, why did you do it? 
If you're divorced, why did you get divorced? Are you thinking about marriage and wondering how you can better ensure a successful marriage? Would you like to change the quality of your existing marriage and improve your relationship? Do you know why your marriage didn't last? And is there anything you might have done differently that could have prevented your divorce? Please consider stopping this podcast and really exploring the question that applies to you. And presumably for most of you, love or chemistry or some combination of the two will feature prominently in your response. But I want you to think beyond that. I want you to explore the why as deeply as you can. For instance, you might say, I married my spouse because I loved him. But beyond that, maybe you married your spouse because you were pregnant. And if you think a little bit more about that, maybe you did that because you felt like you had no other choices or you felt pressure from your family or your church. Maybe you felt no one else would ever marry you. So this was your last chance. I want you to really dig as deep as you can in this exercise and perhaps even journal about it. As a licensed marriage and family therapist in California with a specialty in working with couples, I can tell you that over the years, I've seen marriages that, while as uniquely different as the people in them, there are similarities in what happens when a marriage begins to get lost in the weeds. There is a marriage model that lists marriages in different categories. On one end of the spectrum are intrinsic marriages, where partners are best friends, enjoy one another's company, try to settle disputes quickly, have the same core values, and work toward agreed-upon goals. The other end are the more utilitarian marriages, where there may be a lot of nagging and arguing. Partners bring up the past and they recognize their incompatibility. Arguments are never resolved because someone would have to give in and lose, and therefore the conflicts remain unresolved, and they continue. And I'd like to take a minute to address the marriages that are not really on this spectrum in terms of abuse, addiction, adultery, and severe mental or brain health issues. These are all issues if they exist in your marriage or if you are planning on getting married to someone where these issues may exist. I would encourage you to put that plan on hold. These issues require a safety plan and working with a therapist trained in these specialty areas. Not every therapist is, so I encourage you to ask about a therapist's training and experience. In addition to my experience as a licensed therapist working with couples, I also taught a marriage psychology class at Folsom Lake College, and I've been happily married for 35 years. That part does not make me an expert on marriage. It does make me an expert on my marriage, and that's what I would like you to be able to look at, being an expert at your marriage. The techniques and similarities in marriages that are struggling are things I have researched, I have studied, I have taught, and I have used in my own marriage. I believe in what I have learned from others and what I've seen work for my clients and in my own relationships. I want to explore with you a little bit about choices. In terms of relationship, there are big choices to be made, whether to marry or not, whether to have children whether to have two earners in the family, whether to be faithful. We live in a time of choices. It used to be if you said no to marriage, you were essentially saying no to everything else. This is not true anymore. And of course, another choice is not choosing. 
not making a decision, which is how often people find themselves in certain places in their lives. Every choice will have a negative and a positive consequence. But I hope that you will look at choice, particularly living in this day and age, in a way that empowers you and allows you to switch perspectives when needed. I hope you recognize when you've made a choice that's not right for you, you can correct it. Make a different choice. Very often people feel they cannot and they feel they have to stay with the choice they've made and continue to stay in the negative. And sometimes people choose to stay in the negative because at least it is known. The known negative can feel safer than the unknown. I hope that you know, no matter what you choose to do, that you have choices, which, of course, places responsibility with you as well. So how do marriages start off with all the hopes and dreams and promises to live happily ever after and be faithful to one another till death do us part? and end up sometimes in screaming matches, divorce court, custody hearings, and the two parties feeling great dislike or even hate or apathy toward one another. You find yourself sitting there thinking you would be better off without your partner if you think that you made a terrible mistake and that either your partner doesn't love you or you don't love your partner. How do you think you got there? It starts quite simply for many marriages in a very gradual way. There may have been red flags in courtship or dating. The problem with red flags is we can see them when we look back sometimes. Sometimes we need the help of a therapist, but when we're looking for them, we usually can see them. The problem during dating and the in love phase is that we're blinded to them and we want to be blinded to them. If we do see something or more likely if someone else points out what might be a red flag, we're quick to dismiss it or rationalize it. It's not a big deal. She didn't really mean it. It'll get better after we're married. Couples come in saying they need help with communication. They don't feel they're being heard by their partner and they don't understand how they've reached this place in relationship. There are many factors at play here, so I don't want to seem as if I'm simplifying this process. However, For our purposes, think about when the communication difficulties started. It may be difficult to pinpoint because it's often very gradual and insidious. What generally happens are disagreements or misunderstandings or miscommunications. One or both of you have your feelings hurt. You take time or space from one another. Maybe you go to bed, you wake up in the morning not wanting to face the conflict, not wanting to rock the boat. And you both pretend like everything is okay. It's a clean slate. It's a new day. The problem is the disconnect that happened was not repaired. It was left disconnected. You did not come back into attunement with one another. If you've ever read John Gottman's book, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work, he talks about this and the research behind it. When enough of these little ruptures, disconnects, failure to confront one another and reattune to one another occurs, one or both of you starts to shut down and communication stops. As John Gottman says, that is the single most important factor in predicting divorce. The other problem with not communicating and not attuning to one another is over time, 
you may begin to just feel your partner does not love you. And or you may feel you don't love your partner. Relationship and not just marriage may hold moments like this or experiences like this where you feel out of sync or disconnected. But that is not the most important factor. You might be a couple that argues every day, and that still is not the most detrimental factor in making a relationship work. It is the failure to come back together and confront one another and attune together. It is not about the conflict or the arguing or rocking the boat, but it's about being able to face one another and express how you feel, even if the problem doesn't get resolved. You can agree to disagree and still have an unresolved problem or issue, but still be in attunement with one another. It takes practice, and there are techniques to achieve it. I think it's imperative to understand this concept in order to have healthy communication and prevent a breakdown in the marriage. Because what often happens, as I've seen in couples, is a certain point is reached where neither one really is able to pinpoint why the relationship has failed or why it has been unsatisfying. And often at that point, there can be little interest in reviving the relationship. And no, it is not easy to come back together when you're so angry or you feel hurt or you feel unheard. But it is imperative not to just let these things drag on and to think that somehow ignoring or pretending it didn't happen is going to solve the perpetual issues. The problems are not going to go away on their own, but have the ability to make great changes in your relationship if you are willing to do the work and, if necessary, reach out for some help. You can reach me at my website at any point with questions or requests for referrals. If you're a client of mine and you think about this and want to bring it into session, please do. And have a week filled with meaning 